Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Our online yoga teacher training is happening very soon. And we're so excited to welcome a brand new cohort to this online training. It is 100% online with live and recorded aspects. And we're just so excited about this. You know, when we ran this the first time, it was absolutely inspiring, amazing, and blew all of our expectations. Not only ours, though, the feedback we're receiving from our graduates is that this is so much more than a yoga teacher training. They are having life transformations, and it is just amazing to be part of their journey. So if this has been on your to-do list, I know it was on my to-do list since I can't even remember, maybe since I was age 18, I just always wanted to do my yoga teacher training. So if this has been something you're interested in, we're going to pop the link to our yoga teacher training in the show notes so you can read a little bit more about it and join the wait list. We cannot wait for the brand new cohort to watch the content, to take them on this journey and to be on this journey uh, with you. It's such a privilege, such an honor. All right, enough of that. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to episode 395. Now, I'm really excited about this episode. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a bit of a walk down memory lane, I must say. Then we might cry. Um, <laughs> who knows? But we received quite a few requests for this one. And it's about our business journey. So basically, you know, when we have conversations with people, they always are so surprised when we say that we've been in the online business world for over 10 years. And they think, wait, what? Like what has happened in that time? Uh, and let me tell you, a lot has happened. And so what we're going to do is we're going to go all the way back to the beginning. And this is just part one of this journey because we're going to have to split it into two. There is just too much for one episode. Um, we're going to take you all the way back, tell you some stories, tell you some key moments in our business journey and some key lessons and some big mistakes that we made that will hopefully help you not make them. Are you excited about this episode? <laughs> yes. I mean, you know, I feel like we've we've told many of these stories before on the show. However, it'll be nice to kind of put them all into one episode. I mean, two, part one, part two, obviously making way for part three, part four, part five, when when those parts <laughs> uh, are lived and and we can share about them. Uh, but yeah, I'm super pumped. We wrote a bit of a, a list, I guess, in bullet point form. And it was quite long, I must say. Before we get into that list, my one big regret with our business is that I didn't write down things that were happening I when know. they were happening because I just thought I will I'll remember that. Or I just thought like this isn't important. Like you don't you don't realize mm. the importance of something when it's happening sometimes. So if this is you, like 
And like, and I'm not even learning from my mistake because I haven't even started writing down, like, you know, a journal, which I totally should. should. I should start. Um, but if this I is think you, it will be helpful. <laughs> Emma's like, you should journal. You really need to. Um, <laughs> I would recommend writing down things because it is great. Uh, so let's get straight into it. Let's take you back. We're not going to take you all the way back to 1987 and 1990, but they are the years that we were born. Emma was born in 1987 and I was born in 1990, but we're going to fast forward to 2000 and where are we finding ourselves? 12 <laughs> in the sucky soul sucking, in the soul sucking jobs. Yes, yes. So we were both working in government. I mean, we could give a quick rundown that, you know, we did follow each other from job to job as teenagers. Uh, and, you know, we were making jewellery and cards and, and selling them as kids. So the entrepreneurial spirit, you know, was in us uh, as kids. It was fun, you know, like when people were playing mums, we were playing shopkeepers. So <laughs> like that kind of gives you a little sign of of our, our futures from, you know, this these these early ages, which I think is kind of cute and funny. Uh but yeah, so it's 2012, we were working in a government uh national head office in Canberra. You know, that's a lot of the goals when you're living in Canberra. Get in the public service, get your security, get your safe, amazing job, work your way up. Start as an APS4, then an APS5, then six, then year one, year two. You've made it. You know, like it's very easy to catch that goal in Canberra and in uh when you're working in the government. And like, no offense to that. Like, if that's for you and you are genuinely happy, go for it. However, we were in these jobs and we were seriously unhappy. It was like we would walk through the doors and we'd feel our hearts getting crumpled. We'd feel our souls leaving our bodies. It was seriously depressing. And mind you, like, Carla, you were like 21, 22, mm-hmm. and I was 23. 24 I can't remember the exact exact ages but we were young like if you're going to go for something if you're going to follow your dreams like start young mm. do it yeah like, so- don't end up in the don't end up in the job you hate at in your early 20s <laughs> yeah it just didn't make sense and I mean just to give you a bit of an idea like you know even when we did kind of try and bring the fun and bring the innovation like you know all of our ideas would get shut oh, yeah. down so it was yes. it, it, and like maybe and I hope that it's changed I hope that it's changed since we've left but I don't know um so we found ourselves in these jobs they sucked we had this moment when like many moments really but there was a clear moment where you know Emma was saying there's mo- there's got to be more to life but in between all of this, right, we, we we were on a diet. So from age eleven, I have actually I was actually on a diet. And you know, in two thousand and twelve, I found myself on this twelve week shredding diet uh, for my best friend's wedding because I was the maid of honor. I don't know if any of you can relate to that. So. Both Emma and I were on this diet and we were living at the gym and we were eating this food and following this diet plan and we simply just got sick of it. We got sick of being on this particular diet and then it wasn't uh, maybe just a few months after that where, Emma, you heard of the paleo diet like three separate times and I I can think Mm. back to this and I I feel like it was a little bit of destiny, a little bit of fate, Mm. but, you know, our fitness instructor Andrew was talking about the paleo yeah. diet the person you Nikesh in your uh yes. your 
little office square was talking about the paleo diet and you you either received an email about it or no, you I rec- had yeah, joined I received, Mark Stanley Apple. Yeah, I received an email and it all happened like in the space of a week and I was like, what is this thing? And, you know, after years of being on these diets and yo-yo diets and, and really feeling unhappy about my appearance and totally focused on my appearance as in like this was my only, you know, worthy thing about me, what I looked like and especially how much I weighed. I was completely obsessed and Carla, you were the same and we were on this journey together and it was it was very uh, – toxic, I would say. Finding paleo was like, oh, this is a bit different. You know, it's less, you know, at the time it felt like less rigidity uh, and it felt like more freedom as in like I could eat what I wanted within these these uh, restrictions, within these restrictions, which is kind of hilarious now because obviously it was just another diet. However, at the time it really helped me and Carla, it helped you too. It was kind of like, oh, we're not on a diet anymore. This is a lifestyle. Uh, So it was amazing. And we actually began to share pictures of our dinner on Instagram. And this was when Instagram like first kind of blew up in Australia, you know, the 2012, 2000, yeah, 2012, 2013. I mean, it was a totally different landscape to what Instagram is today. I want to just share like you know, you would post a picture and you would get like 500 likes. You would, you, someone would share you and you'd find 500 new people following you. It was crazy. Mm. We didn't know how amazing it was from a business perspective because nowadays it's like, oh my gosh, like on our Instagram, we're only going down, <laughs> which like, oh, well. Um, but, but not anyway, only that, so- like there were so many different things with Instagram, you know, you'd put your hashtags on there or you'd go oh, into yeah. a hashtag and then you'd do like a like frenzy. Like you could go and like a bunch of posts in a certain hashtag and those people would follow you back. Like, yeah, instantly. because everyone because everyone was so new to it. So they were kind of looking for good content and then they were like, huh, what are these girls doing? Mm. So it just kind of blew up really fast. And we looked at each other and we were like, this is something. Like this is cool and we're really enjoying this, this cooking and these recipes. Like we should do something with this. And literally we Googled what is a blog. We'd heard of it, but we had no idea what they were. We Googled what is a blog and then we Googled how to start a blog. And this is kind of how we begun our sharing content, this blogging uh experience. It was just with a Google search. We had no idea. Mm. So I think it's just, you know, that's a little lesson in itself. Like, don't be afraid to not know. Like, don't be afraid to not know what you're doing. You need to learn. And the best way to learn is to do. Yeah, we actually got help from uh, one of our colleagues, yeah, actually. So Fiona. we worked with her at uh, in the government. So there you go. Lucky, Luckily, so many reasons that were lucky that we actually had those soul-sucking jobs because when we had found this blogging thing, uh, we had also watched this documentary called Finding Joe. Now, if you are an avid listener of this podcast, you would have heard us talk about this many, many times. But the philosophies of Joseph Campbell, in a nutshell, let's just talk about it in a nutshell, follow your bliss, follow your bliss, and doors will open where there were only once walls. When we heard these words, we realized that we had found our bliss because we would wake up early in the morning before work. We'd hop on the computer and we would blog. We would go to work and we would talk nonstop in the live chat 
that the government gives you access to about blogging. And you would be sending me articles from ProBlogger about blogging, like all of these things. And then we would race home after work and we'd hop on the computer and we would blog or we would make dinner and we'd take a photo of it in the dark and we would publish it that night. Like these are the kinds of things we were doing. We're working till midnight on the blog. And we realized that this was our bliss. Like time just didn't exist when we were blogging. And so when we heard these words, we just knew that we had to follow it because the philosophy says, follow your bliss and doors will open where there were only once walls. And watching this documentary, you know, you see this philosophy in action and you see it true for so many people. And so when you see something like that, you think, well, why not me too? Why not me? And so that was really such a big moment for us. We realized like we've got to give this our all. And as Emma said, we were 22, 24. Now is the time. Like where you don't want to look back and think, damn, why didn't we give ourselves a shot? It was more like, let's just jump and see if we fall or sink or swim. That kind of was the mentality. So, well, I think it was almost like we literally, we believed in it. We believed in that philosophy so big that like, uh, you know, opportunities would come. And we also heard those other those other very famous words who I have no idea who, you know, originally said them, what you focus on grows, which is just like, well, duh. Like wh- where you put your energy, like that's going to grow, that's going to flow, uh, that's going to become something. When you focus no energy on it, it will focus, it'll uh, become nothing. Oh, duh. So it kind of, yeah, exactly. So it's kind of like, well, if we quit our jobs, what imagine, imagine how much time we, we could dedicate to this, this bliss thing. Exactly. So before we did quit our jobs, which was in July, 2014, we did make some money from the blog, which was yes. really exciting. Our first hundred dollars that we made was promoting a local boot camp. So uh, <laughs> this was kind of the beginning of, I would say, influencer marketing. You know, this company was actually, a f- your Tabitha. Tabitha, so your high school yeah. friend who studied public relations like me. Yes. Um. So she reached out and saw, okay, you've got an audience here, like you're gaining traction. Like, do you want to come to this boot camp and write about it, and we'll pay you? And we thought, oh my gosh, like wonderful, absolutely, we love boot camp, we love blogging. Let's get paid. We love hundred dollars. Do- <laughs> we love that. Let's get paid to do both. Um. And so this really does allude to where we made a lot of our first dollars. But in between that, we also made and sold an ebook. This was before we quit our jobs. So we created mm-hmm. our first recipe ebook. And if you if you were to see the photos from that first ebook, they were <laughs> all on a 45 degree angle. I don't know why, but I had this artistic flair that I like to take food <laughs> photos on an angle. Uh, we, don't, we, we stopped doing that, thankfully. Uh, and the big thing that we forgot to do with this ebook is we sent out, I think, one email and we sold like 300 ebooks that morning. I remember going to work and like watching the sales come in and me giving you I updates. Know. And, I was and like, how much did how much did we charge the ebook for the I, ebook? Like it, I think it wasn't it was um was it like $19 or 14? Like I think it wasn't we had, a ebook. Yeah, I think we did 14.99. Yeah, okay. Cuz I feel like you know ebooks are generally like, you know, but we were like, no, this is a high quality (laughs) $14.99. I mean, we, it was so amazing to watch those sales come in, I must say, because it, 
I mean, we didn't really expect it. Mm-mm. We did, Maybe we didn't have any idea what was going to happen and it was so cool to see the sales come in and like, but how dumb were we to not keep promoting it? Like I feel like that's, well, duh, like keep promoting it. <laughs> we kind of just thought, I guess we forgot that new people would have been finding us yes. along the way and we also forgot that some people need more than one email yes. to to buy. Like, you know, we didn't know that yet. So um, that was a big lesson. So you don't just promote something once. You don't just send one email and be done with it. Okay, that's the launch. Uh, lots, lots more promotion is required for a successful launch. And we definitely have learned that. Okay. So in bet- so we did all of that before we quit our jobs. And then we decided, okay, it's been a year and a half. We actually attended the pro blogger event, which was so eye-opening for us. We saw all of these other bloggers blogging full-time. Again, seeing someone else doing what we wanted to do was proof that we could do it too. So Keeping that in mind, when you see someone doing what you want to do, like it's not, don't get envious, don't get jealous, get amped up because it means that you can do it too. Uh, as our, as how Elrod said, one of our, I guess, what would you call him? He's kind of a friend. We met him at a conference. Um, we went to his conference too in Chicago, but he says, mm. anything another human being has done is just proof of what you can do too. And so that is so, so true. So we went to ProBlogger. We got even more inspired and we thought, what the heck? It's been a year and a half. Let's ask for a year of leave without pay and then go all in on this blog and see what happens. And so we went into this meeting with our um, EL2s. Mine was in real life. Yours was on the phone loudspeaker, wasn't it? Yes. I think they were on loudspeaker. And we were in this meeting room in the office in Tuggeranong, <laughs> ACT, Canberra, if you, if you know, and We were so excited. We thought, yeah, of course they're going to say yes. They've approved so many other people's leave without pays. Why wouldn't they approve ours? And anyway, they said no. And so we walked out of the office. We were so, we took it so personally. We were like, stuff you, like, how dare they? Like, we can't believe they're not giving us what we want. And then we were just like, stuff it. We're just going to quit anyway. Like, we didn't want to come back to this. Like, having a plan B, maybe that's not even a good idea. And so we drafted matching resignation emails and we sent them. We were sitting next to each other. And I remember we said, three, two, one, send, sent it. And then we went on our lunch break. My God, I remember that (laughs) so clearly. I mean, it was it was really deflating and it almost did feel like I don't know it felt I don't know if we were imagining it but it felt like people didn't like what we were doing you know something different I mean no I don't think we were imagining it because like we heard people talking about it and like we copped a bit of like flack from people yeah uh because we did know, Twitter walls with colleagues. Yeah, that's right. And I must say, like, you know, at that time in the very beginning, you know, paleo was kind of just becoming this thing. This quitting sugar was becoming very popular. Like back then it wasn't a thing yet. It was all about calories still and low fat. So it was just this big change in the diet industry. I'm still underlining it. It's still in the diet industry and we are not part of that anymore. However, we were getting traction in media. So we were on like front covers of like the City News in Canberra, the Canberra Weekly, you know, these free uh, magazines where, you know, they're everywhere in Canberra. And when you're on the front cover, like there's your face, like boom. So everyone saw it and 
it was really a strange thing because there was a very small group of people who would talk about it and be like, oh, that's so exciting. But then everyone else would kind of ignore it or they'd give you like sideways eyes. It felt very interesting. And sometimes it's like, uh, am I imagining it? Mm, I don't think so. No, because anyway. it was also like the side hustle wasn't really a thing either. Like no, having, you know, true. having like your own thing, like it wasn't that big of a kind of, I guess, trend. Like now it's really common for people to be like, oh, I've got a side hustle and I do this on the side as well as my full-time job. It's so, I mean, you know, we didn't know that we were living through this really big change in how the workplace worked. Like we didn't realise. And, you know, online business wasn't even like a major thing back then. Like it was a, a minority. We mm-hmm. felt like we were doing something pretty special and like and not very known to the majority of people. And then you fast forward like five years and now to this point, 10 years, like everyone knows about it and probably everyone's kind of dabbled, if mm. not like changed directions. Exactly. So how did we quit those jobs? What was the mindset that we had around it? Because the blog wasn't making any consistent money. We weren't, there was no real plan of like how we were actually mm. going to fund oh, yes. our lives. Yes. So again, I remember writing out yes. our monthly expenses. So me and Emma had bought a house together and we, we that was our one big, I guess, um, thing. We had to make sure we could afford every month a mortgage, which isn't a small thing. Uh, it was quite a no. big thing. Uh, so I remember just writing it out, okay, like mortgage, electricity, internet, um, all your bills. And I added it all up and I sent it to you and I said, oh, looks like, you know, we have to make about mm, like $8,000 a month. We could do that. Like, sure we could. <laughs> it's so funny because like, you know, at that stage we didn't even think, oh, well, like how much does it cost to even run a business? Yes. You know, we. it's just like we were totally naive. However, I would say the thing that, you know, we were naive in that we saw that and we're like, cool, we can do this. But also we were lucky to have that lunch with our good friend, Ken. Remember he came over, we cooked him lunch and he said, look, girls, like you're at really great stages of life for starting a business. We were both single. We didn't have kids. So it was like we had all the time we wanted to give, to Mm -hmm. pursue the business. Mm -hmm. And I would tell you what that, like that is probably, if you have that, stage right now, that's awesome. Or if you have a very understanding partner, then you're fine as well. Uh, It's very important to have the people who are closest around you really supportive of what you're doing because otherwise it's going to end relationships or it's just going to make it a really horrible journey of growing a business. If you have a partner who's not supportive, uh, it just makes it a lot more difficult. Mm. It well, it makes you feel bad for doing something that you really want to do. Yeah, which just exactly isn't cool. Uh, okay, so we quit our jobs. We had this really roundabout plan of uh, what money we needed to make, with no idea of actually how we were going to make <laughs> that happen. But that's okay. Uh, we were very, uh, you know, thrifty, and we had we had ideas, and we thought, yeah, we could try this. Uh, oh my god, it seemed doable, right? And we also thought. I remember thinking, 
imagine if we had 24 hours a day, seven days a week to focus on just this, like surely it's going to grow. And that was really where that line of like what we focus on will grow. Absolutely. So (laughs) during all of these times, like we tried so many things and I'm just going to list them off uh, and we can have a bit of a laugh at some of them. Uh, Catering. That was one we thought we're going to be caterers because our most popular recipes were the sweet treats, the healthy sweet treats. So you know, we catered uh, parties. Uh, I remember we actually catered for uh, Chrissy's Cafe. Remember Chrissy's Cafe in yes. Canberra Centrepoint? Uh, we would make these raw cakes. I actually remember this one time Chrissy pulled me inside and she was like, that one's gone moldy. And I was like, oh, <laughs> and I think it was. I think that was the moment where I realized that catering wasn't for us. That cracks me up so much. But also because we were making the same recipes, we were like, these are so boring and we're sick of these cakes. Like, I just want to also, like, at this stage, we had amazingly grown our website. You know, our blogging was going banana, ban- bananas. Bananas. <laughs> I just could turn into an American bananas. Uh, you know, it was getting like, I think at this stage, at least 50,000 unique visits a month, if not 100,000. Like we had no idea how amazing that was. Uh, we were totally like, it was just like on hot trend and we were content happy. Like we were publishing content like every weekday, I'm pretty sure, creating new recipes. And we were so excited about it. There was this energy that was like really very, very like high frequency. Uh, so like that's why we went into the catering because the recipes were popular. But yes, as Carl said, then we realized this is not for us. And yeah, no, and, no, no. and I really started to hate the whole baking side. Like baking oh. was such like a joy for me. And then like when we when we brought it into more business where we were making like, you know, I think one weekend we made like five raw Snickers cakes. Like yeah, it was, it was wild, too many. Uh, we actually looked at cafe space. We thought, okay, well, maybe yeah. we'll open our own cafe. Um, and then we thought twice because we were we realized that online was going so well, and we questioned like whether we wanted to stay in Canberra. Like, we do we want to mm. be here forever? Like, do we want to be stuck? We always thought that, like from the get go, like having a bricks and mortar was. It seemed to us more like a um like a like confinement like it keeps yes it keeps you grounded and like stuck whereas we didn't want that we wanted like a freedom business where we could travel and we could do things and you know we could run it from anywhere and we we saw that that was possible when we saw other people doing this we did we did cooking classes that was something we did um and yeah so all of this stuff in real life we were trying we just realized that we loved the online world like that lit us up not only not only was it the content we were sharing that we loved in fact I think what we loved more even back then was the online world and the potential that was there it felt very it felt very exciting to us like because before the internet was just for looking up weather, doing assignments, being on Facebook, like we had no idea about the business potentiality of the online world. So it kind of just like blew our minds and we were like, oh my gosh, like this is what we want to do. And also, as you mentioned, Carla, you studied PR. I actually had been studying advertising. So we were both in comms. So it kind of makes sense when you think about it. So I'm so like, you know, like, Good job, Emma and Carla. I feel like you really chose the right direction and and 
it was the unknown because obviously like opening a cafe, I'm not saying it's easy, no way. Like I feel like that's super hard. However, it's kind of like this business that has been a model for many, 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 many years. Whereas like the MaryMakerSisters.com, like this website, this blogging, this like there wasn't really a model back then. Nowadays, of course, there is. But back then it was like we're just making this up and throwing spaghetti at walls and p- hoping and praying and and seeing what works and then changing directions when it doesn't. I also have this memory because I keep thinking about it and we need to share it. Remember like so when we quit, we had like all these trips planned as well, remember? Like we went to oh New York gosh, yeah. and like so we needed money and I rem- remember we had two cars and we were like we only need one car. Let's sell a car. So we sold Carla's car. So that kept us going for a little while. And remember also when we realized we were kind of running out of money. So we were like living off avocados and eggs because, you know, they're they're healthy and cheaper than buying meat and things. Um, like we were really running out of money to, to look after ourselves. And we thought, well, this is kind of hilarious. We're talking about health and diets and we can't even afford to eat. So remember we approached an amazing Canberran supermarket and we asked them, you know, in return for blogging and recipe development, like you give us gift vouchers and we'll pay. And this was Super Barn. Uh, but what love they didn't Superbarn. know was that, We love them. Like, no, I feel like we need to like say thank you again and again because literally like we were not eating and like it was because we had no money to feed ourselves because we were putting it all into the business like they kept us going. Like Absolutely. it was like it was amazing. Like what that collaboration, like they helped us in more ways than they know, that's for sure. And you know, we, you know, they helped us back then more than we ever realized too. I think, you know, we were very proud. So it was kind of hard to admit that we were, you know, in, in a bit of a sticky situation. Mm. And, like, if we had of asked, like, mum and dad, of course, would have fed us. Like, we were going over for dinner quite a few times a week uh, to get some food. (laughs) But it makes me laugh so much. But then once that kind of got going, then we were getting more and more brands and not just for return in products. We were getting paid for them. Yeah. And kind of that was the tipping point where we became, like, an actual – you know, a business that was making money. Yeah, and, like, that really was our main income stream, wasn't it, right? Like, in the beginning, yes. you know, we had our ebooks, and I think we'd done maybe another ebook by then, like yeah. um, Make It make it Merry? Make It Paleo. Make It Paleo. I forget, but there was, like, Let's Eat Paleo, then Make It Paleo, and then Make It Merry was the other I one. That know. was the hard copy book. Anyway, we'll get there. Yes. Um. So yeah, working with brands, and I'm so glad that you mentioned that with um the Super Barn because that's just hilarious when you think about it, but also amazing that they were there. I remember going to that meeting actually and being really scared. I was like, I know, oh my God, so I nervous. To present to them, and like they just were like, yeah, sure, like here. I think they gave us five hundred dollars a month in vouchers, yeah. and um that just like meant that we could eat really well, and also we got to make recipes. So. Wow. Amazing. So the main income stream we were doing was working with brands. So how did we do this? How did we reach out to brands? Like, how did we even make this happen? Uh, So we used my public relations skills. So basically I would create proposals for companies and they were specific to these companies. So like it would always be very, um, 
what is the word tailored so I didn't just Mm -hmm. like you know blanket send like work with us like sometimes we would do that if we did like a a Christmas special or something Mm -hmm. but it was always usually (laughs) yeah it was always usually tailored so Example, we worked with Australian blueberries and we worked with Vitamix and we pitched them this idea of funding our New York trip. Like, would you like to sponsor our New York trip? And lo and behold, they did. And so, you know, we pitched it, you know, we're going to be doing this. We're going to be blogging. We're going to be sharing on Instagram. And, you know, in every post, you're going to be getting mentioned. And this was really high value for them and they paid us for it. And this is how we made our dollars in the beginning. So we weren't just saying we'll write this blog post. We were kind of linking them to cool stuff we were doing and that Mm -hmm. was that was really where I think we were different because you know we had these ideas and we pitched them ideas and not just like get a link on a blog it was very it was very different how we did it um fast forward a few years I guess we we really fell out of love with this marketing and what you would call influencer marketing now it wasn't called that back then it was just called working with brands um so influencer marketing and we realized that we want to actually create our own products we're sick of promoting other people's brands we want to promote ourselves and our own brand and mm-hmm. that was when we kind of let that go mm-hmm. um with like there's still space for like a perfect partnership, but we're very picky about it. You know, we're very picky yeah. with who we work yeah. with. Yeah, I think, and I think it's a good place to be. I mean, like, it's a lot to be like very stressed and worried about, you know, getting those those metrics for the brand because obviously you want to deliver, but, you know, it's sometimes it can be a hard thing or sometimes it takes a year and the video has like thousands and thousands of views and they want instant results. And I mean, the thing was why we were continuing the brand stuff, which was a great income stream, we were also building out other products and they were also working. So I don't know when we launched our first challenge, but the challenges really changed everything. I think it was maybe 2015 we did our first challenge and we learned about a challenge from Jada from Simple Green Smoothie and she was talking about challenges and we were like we should do this and then at that same time we also went to Tropical Think Tank and we were learning about content marketing we were realizing oh my gosh like blogging is content marketing we have been content marketing we just don't have a product to sell so it was kind of this very divine time where it was like we are getting over the brands we need to create our own products and let's do products that don't like cost a lot to create as in like we're not going to create a physical product we're going to create an online product and the ebooks work but what if we did a challenge so we began work on this i think it was a 3 week meal plan challenge or 4 week meal plan challenge it was a 2 week we, it was a 2 oh, week yes. meal plan and then the final 2 weeks was yes. like a DIY so we like would support them to create their own meal plan and what a great challenge them. I know well it was done young us <laughs> but you know what the, and we, it did so we did it so well too we did and it went so well that first launch I think yes. we had 333 people in uh and I'll tell you what we did with that launch is we thought hang on a minute Let's see if people want this because we won't make it unless they want it. And we actually created a landing page for this (laughs) challenge, which is very much done these days. But I feel like back then, again, this was like 
pretty cool. Um, we created a landing page. We created a few of the recipes. So we had imagery for the landing page and we knew what it was going to include, you know, if it did become a success. Uh, and then it sold a bunch and we realized, oh my, we have to make this now. And so that's a really good lesson of proving the concept before actually putting in time <laughs> and investment. Uh, and this is why pre-sales really are amazing and definitely something to think about doing when yeah. you do run your own business. But we replicated that idea, that challenge idea again and again and again, rinse and repeat with a brand new meal plan. And people loved it. It was, I mean, like, because it wasn't just the meal plan, it was a community it was very supportive. Uh, it was an, a lovely place to be. I loved it. and I mean, me too. And it was always so exciting, you know. And now, you know, I think because by the end of it, we were so over it, but I have like such fond memories when I reflect now. And it's like, oh, like that really was amazing. And once again, like, because we did it for maybe one or two many times, we got sick of it. And it left like a kind of sour taste in my mouth. But now I can like, you know, enough time has passed to be like, oh, like, wow, that was truly amazing. Absolutely. Um, so we were doing challenges. We were loving that. Still with all the food, all about the food. In between that, we started this podcast. So we realized we, yes, loved, we, we wanted to talk as well, not just write. Uh, and we've been podcasting since tw 2015 as well. Yeah, so, wow. Um, I think a really big part of our journey, and this is where we're going to, you know, end this part one, but yes. it's the people, it's the networking and the building of relationships that yeah. have really uh, helped guide our journey and I guess shone a light on things that we've done. For example, the podcast, you know, like Dan, uh yeah was a really big part of that like meeting him at tropical think tank uh he inspired us through the podcast he inspired us to double down on content marketing and showed us that we could actually build something ourselves that was yeah. of like super high quality um just with a little bit more knowledge you know like yeah learning yeah. learning a little bit more yeah. is going to take you to the next level. yes Exactly. He made us realize that what we had created was already special and we could make it even better. Whereas we kind of were looking for the external help at that stage because we had been accepted an accelerator and incubator and we were really going down that path. So it was one of those divine timing things where we were like, nope, we can do it. And that was like literally just before we launched the, the first challenge and it went crazy uh -huh. and we were like, okay, we're going the right direction. What a big moment. <laughs> what a big decision for us though to have applied for this accelerator program to get accepted into it. This accelerator program was going to give us $25,000. That sounds like, if that sounds like a lot to you, it is a lot. If it sounds like not very much, yeah, it's not very much. So it, it depends how, you, how like you're yeah. seeing money in your business. Back then, $25,000 to spend on our business was everything. We were like, are you kidding me? Like imagine what we could do with 25,000. Now I look at that, I'd be like, ah, oh, that would go in like a month. Like there's not much but, I and, could do and with also, that. And also, but also, wasn't it that they would also own 25%? So Absolutely. It was, pretty, it was pretty bad. I mean, we'd created something special even back then. So I'm so glad we said no. Uh, 
But yeah, I feel like this is like a really perfect place to end part one. Absolutely. So we just we just said no to the incubator. We're saying yes to diving all in into the online business world. It's it's a high vibe time to stop. 20, 2015, 2016. <laughs> and we've said yes to doing it ourselves. Wow. Oh okay. See you in part two. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.